A relic of the moon still hovered above the mountains. The crunch of her feet on the shingle brought two of the beach kids out of their cave. They tried to ward her off with a look, and then another boy appeared, naked. He yawned and stretched, and lit a cigarette, turning to face her full on. His eyes sought hers, his dick hanging between his legs, mocking and superior, half erect like a threat. She felt a jolt of indignation. If it was solitude they coveted, why pick this beach? Resolutely, she peeled off her tea, wriggled out of her shorts, and plunged into the sea. It was cold. A dirty grey mirror under the low morning light. For the first few strokes she could barely breathe. Then, striking out, she was overcome by a sense of liberation as she found her rhythm. She swam out, further and further, until the first fingers of sunlight hit her scalp. Back on the terrace at Villa Anna, when the sun was high and the beach overcrowded, she saw them once again making their exit from the cave den. This time two girls were with them. From such a distance, they looked like they'd been sprayed gold. They threw off their sarongs and stretched out their lithe, naked bodies along the flat surface of a rocky overhang, as little bashful as if they were in the privacy of their bedrooms. Jen watched her husband cast a brief, sidelong glance, so swift and seamless that if he didn't know him, you'd think he hadn't noticed them at all. But Jen did know him, and his micro-letching still made her smile. She'd raised an eyebrow, not to censure him, but to empathise. The girls, slim, toned and young, were exquisite. He looked away, found out, embarrassed. It's dark now, but still she stays. She can hear the distant bleat of goats drifting down the ravine. Here and there... Villas with huge glass facades light up the brow of the hillside. All over the valley, the windows of small stone fincas flicker to life. Hidden amid the olive groves by day, they show themselves now as their eyes light up, ready to start the night watch over the Tramontana. Nothing moves. The darkness deepens. Jen shivers, intoxicated by the magic of the hour. The road is no longer visible. The first stars stud the sky. A wind rises, and, borne on it, familiar sounds of industry from the restaurants in the village above, the clang of cutlery being laid out, ready for another busy evening. She rubs her belly where it is starting to gnaw. It's a good kind of hunger, she thinks, the kind she seldom experiences back home, a keen hunger that comes from swimming in the sea and walking under the sun. They've done plenty of that this past week, and they've drunk plenty too, wine, beer, brandies, liqueurs... They felt as though they've earned it, Jen and Greg. And yesterday, after Greg turned himself in for the night, she sat by the pool and sparked up one of the camel lights she found in the kitchen drawer. The kick of it, dirty and bitter, fired her up, made her light-headed. The temperature drops. The dark hangs damp in her lungs. Sea dampness, salty and lucid, and nicked with the scent of pines. Grudgingly, Jen accepts that time is up. She goes inside to find an inhaler and chivvy Greg along. He's out on the balcony, fielding a call on his mobile, a glass of brandy hanging loosely from one hand. He's showered, dressed, scented. His dark, grizzled beard is trimmed. He's wearing his cream linen suit. He brings it out with him every year. It's the only time he ever wears it, his gentleman abroad look. The suit is a little tight around the shoulders these days, but he looks the part, august, though somewhat too formal for Artie Dea, she thinks. She hangs by the sliding doors. He's talking to Emma. 
She feels a tightening in her throat as she listens to him trying to cajole her stepdaughter. She moves out to the balcony and indicates with a two-fingered tap to the wrist that they'll need to leave soon. She reaches over, takes the brandy from his hand and drains the glass in one clean hit. He gives her an admiring glance, smiles. "'Can you ask Emma to pick up some dental floss?' she says. "'The silk one. Can't get it over here.' Greg holds up a finger and shakes his head, not so much a rebuttal of her request but a plea for quiet. Emma is taking him to task over something or other, and he is doing his usual thing of tiptoeing around her, taking the path of least resistance. Jen puts down the empty glass, holds her palms to the sky and rolls her eyes. She steps inside to locate her inhaler. She came away with three, now there are none. She's certain she left one on the floor by her side of the bed. She turns out the solid wood drawers, gets down on her knees to search beneath the bed where, in the absence of rugs, the cool hardness of the ceramic...